the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I hate football. What a pile of crap that was. Congratulations to Alabama. You guys are dominant. You kick ass. You're great. Uh, all that, all, all of that is true. Ryan Day, I don't know, bro. I don't know why you quit. I don't know why you gave up in this football game because it's, that's exactly what you did. I mean, listen, the Ohio State Buckeyes, I didn't think they were going to be able to stop Alabama. All right? I bet the over the game, but I didn't think that Ohio State was going to punt 14 times. You ever heard of going for it, hey, hey, Coach? You ever heard of going for it? You know, like, seriously, these guys are down 21 points. They're running the football. No sense of urgency whatsoever from Ohio State. Justin Fields is a warrior. The kid got beat up pretty good through the playoffs and hell through the entire year. I'm not throwing any of the kids on Ohio State under the bus. And I'll tell you right now, the fact that Troy had Trey Sermon got hurt on the first play of the game, that helped. Uh, listen, the football gods don't like Ohio State. It is what it is. This is what I get for betting on a team that I hate. And, um, you know, but but I thought that uh, I thought there'd be more points put up on the board. Ohio State team total, 31 and a half. I don't know. Maybe I would have had a puncher's chance if we didn't have two damn touchdowns called back uh, back to back. Like, that could not have been more torturous. I've had a lot of bad beats over the years, man, but that was a pile of crap right there, all right? That, like I said, that's the Joan Collins special. That's the Joan Collins special that we talk about, all right? That's the Khloe Kardashian special. You know, you know like, seriously. I, right now, I feel like Khloe Kardashian after the NBA All-Star weekend. You know, not good. And, you know, I'm going to be walking strangely for the next couple of weeks after this. I had, like, over 80 and a half. Pretty big play. And I've got uh, Chris Olave to score a touchdown. He scored the touchdown. He scored the touchdown. That's a touchdown. The foot was down. Oh, the ball moved. Yeah, yeah the ball moved. Thanks. Incredibly frustrating, uh, but, um, you know, hey, congratulations to Alabama. They're a great, great program. Saban's a great coach. And, you know, one thing with Alabama is they could be a bunch of cocky, like, dickheads, but they're not. Like, they're, they're actually not. They're not even, like, they're very humble. They're, they're not an arrogant team. So it's not as if though it's like, oh, God, these kids are annoying. They're really not annoying. Complete dominance. These guys have taken over college football. You know, we have programs that sort of come and go that are good for a couple of years, but man, what Nick Saban... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. Well, I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. I John Gabe. Late night, late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. I think the Krusty the Clown, Krusty, you took all your money and bet against the Harlem Globetrotters would have been better. Like, been seriously, I think that, um, I think the Harlem Globetrotters have uh, lost more games than Nick Saban has, man, in like the last uh, 10 years. Steve Merrill just posted a tweet. 
uh, would you take Alabama plus 28 against the Jags or the Jets? And I would tell you right now, people always talk about this stuff. Any NFL team would smash the best college team, but 28 points is a lot. (laughs) Alabama plus 28 would be would be pretty tempting. uh, I'll tell you that. Um, So listen. We hit the over, we lose the teasers, we lose the team total with Ohio State. That's all fine. Uh, it is uh, It is what it is. But what's frustrating to me, what the most frustrating part of this game to me was like the, the over 80 and a half bet I had. Oh, we're at 76, and I could have cashed out too at plus money. We could have cashed out, and I'm like, ah, oh, they'll score another touchdown. They scored two touchdowns. I think the first one pissed me off. Listen, I had so magic. I got over 80 and a half, and I have a lobby to score a touchdown. That's two bets I would have won on one play. And, it, you know, it was really frustrating because they already scored a touchdown. And I really think the first one should have counted even more than a lobby should have counted. All right? But, hey, it is what it is. I guess we got lucky yesterday when the Bears scored late. So, you know, I guess it all evens out, except, God, that was frustrating. Let's bring in Paul Bovey right now. Maybe Paul can make me feel better. Covers, uh, uh, covers.com in the house. Mr. Paul Bovey, what's up, Paul? Hey, Gabe. Uh, look, first of all, I want to point out something. I got, I got full information that you put your first bet in well before 1981. I have a secret... <laughs> uh, communication line to your kindergarten teacher and she tells me you were pitching pennies against the wall and we're taking bets but you know, I'm not going to make you feel better on this one because Alabama does take the air out of the ball they've been known to do that 14 points against Arkansas in the second half 10 against LSU but I I don't agree with you I don't think either of those two were conclusive in terms of touchdowns. And I did have a small wager on uh, Alabama over 52, but I did come in with the team total second half at a very inflated number of, of 23. The, the toe tap, the second one, I thought that they actually could have called the touchdown, but the first one, I think clearly he was bobbling it as he went out of bounds. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Paul Bovey with us. I am Gabriel <laughs> Uh We're throwing at that. You know, though, Paul, it just bothers me. I hate that rule. You know, in the old days, we, di- we didn't have this problem. You know what I mean? Guys used to bobble the ball all the time, man. They would bobble the ball all the time, and, you know, it would be a catch. If the ball didn't hit the ground, it was good. You know, nowadays, man, it's always, oh, did he have full possession? Did the ball move? It is what it is. I get it. And listen, it was frustrating, too, on top of that. Fields Fields had a guy open on fourth down, and then he drills it, right? He throws a fastball for one reason or another. Uh, look, he, he could have – you could make an argument. He could have scampered right into the end zone. But certainly he put the mustard on it, threw it behind him. And look, the guy is a warrior. He's played well. Simple mistake, but unfortunately, at 80 and a half, it cost you, and it would have actually benefited me on the score. But look, I took the over 38 and a half. I laid dollar 40. I didn't have to do that. I could have laid the 41, 42. I just thought Alabama had too much, and they just did. I mean, this Ohio State team never impressed me against Indiana, Rutgers, Pemex threw for 500 yards, and I think they got too much credit last week 
when they shut down Clemson, and a lot of it had to do with the pressure they put on Trevor Lawrence, but he still threw for 400 yards. And Mac Jones this year to me was superior to Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and, and, and he showed it tonight. Mac Jones's uh, passing yard prop was 365 and a half. He finishes with 464 yards, five touchdown passes, no interceptions. Justin Fields was clearly laboring, and he got smoked a couple of times today as well. 17 to 33 for 194 yards. Uh, his passing yard prop uh, was like uh, 296 uh, and a half. So he got nowhere near there, and. You know, I, I'm not saying that the outcome would have been different in this football game, uh, Paul, but Ohio State certainly weren't helped by the fact that Trey Sermon got knocked out of the game on the first play from scrimmage. Yeah, that, that didn't help. No. I know the team had a couple of nice runs, but Sermon was a big part of the game plan. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, no question. I look, uh, Gabe, it wouldn't have changed the result. Alabama was clearly the superior team. Yeah, it, it, it might have altered the uh, course of the game a little bit, but the right team won, unfortunately, for, for you and for others that took it at 77 and went to the high side, it just didn't work out. But, Gabe, there's a lot of NFL playoff football this weekend, <laughs> and we're going to make some money, as we always do. See, Paul, you said you couldn't make me feel better. You just did. See, you just made me feel better with that. Yeah, I feel better. Yeah, I feel better already. So let's get into it. The Los Angeles Rams. This is where we've seen some. There's been some live movement, guys. And I don't know if Bovey was part of it. As uh, we're kicking it with Paul Bovey right now. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sports Rage Late Night, Sirius XM 204, and many other radio affiliates kicking it on the AM side in the late night hours. So Los Angeles Rams getting six and a half. It was seven. Interesting that this number comes down. Everybody is so anti-Ram. Aaron Donald is injured right now. Uh, Jared Goff is banged up and uh, playing, not playing very well. Yet this number comes down from seven to six and a half right now. Total 45 and a half in the game, Paul. Well, first of all, you've got a cloud of uncertainty over the Rams because Aaron Donald sustained a rib injury. And then you have Cooper Cup. He's got bursitis in his knee. But the way I look at the Rams is this. I give him credit for Sunday, and I, I did have him uh, penciled in for a win. Seattle's been uh, really struggling on offense. Russell Wilson hadn't had a game over 268 yards in eight or nine weeks. But the Rams have taken on the Cardinals twice, the Niners twice, the Jets, the Pats, the Bucks, uh, the Jets, and the Seahawks twice. Those offenses to me and when I say the Seahawks twice that was in the high stage of their uh, of their season meaning the second half when they could not move the football at all when they just couldn't get it done on offense but their defense had stepped up but if you look at the last time they took on a prolific offense which reminds me of this Green Bay team it was against your Buffalo Bills when Josh Allen picked them apart, went 24-33 for 300-plus, and they just had no answers. I think this Green Bay offense is just too much for this team. Sure, Jalen Ramsey might be able to shut down one of their stud receivers, possibly Devonta Adams, but in the end, 
Aaron Rodgers is going to get the money. He's going to score probably 27 to 30 points here. And I just don't believe this Ram offense has enough to keep up, especially if Cup is out of the game. Paul Bovey kick it with us at... I can't disagree with anything you just stated. I, you know, and I've been repeating myself as far as the Rams are concerned. It's the worst matchup they could have gotten, right? I mean, nobody really wants to go to Green Bay at this time of the year, but the Rams already beat Tampa earlier this year. We know they match up with them. We've seen the Rams beat the Saints before. We know they match up uh, with them. This seems like a tough spot for them to be in. Yet, if there's one thing that the Rams have done well, and Sean McVay has done well, guys, is win and cover on the road. Win and cover on the road. They've been road warriors over the last uh, couple of years. And they're actually a better road team than they are a home team, for whatever reason it is. But listen, they've also owned Seattle. So I think getting Seattle was a good matchup for them. Remember Aaron Donald said, we wanted Seattle. And we see they got Seattle and they won, uh, despite their, their offense being somewhat pedestrian. Although they did put up 30 points. All right, we'll continue to break it down. NFL, Paul Bowlby kicking with us. The late night anger management class, bring it. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Networks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winner, and I know the winner, so call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coaches. Line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of Miami mm-hmm. versus Sin- Cincinnati. Sin- Cincinnati. Nah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? Late night anger management class. This is Fortrage. I am Gable Brancy. We're kicking it with Paul Bowlby. Covers.com in the house. As the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, beat down Ohio State. Ohio State loses Trey Sermon on the first uh, play of the game. And their offense just was too pedestrian, for lack of a better word. They didn't strike. They didn't. They never tried to go deep, really. Everything, they, they ran the ball a lot, even when they were down. There just wasn't a lot of aggression and urgency from Ohio State. There really wasn't. Even at the end of the first half, guys, there was 50 seconds left. And they just wanted to get the hell out of there. You know, the game was close, man. The wheels fell off. They were trading points. The game was close. The wheels fell off in the last couple of minutes of the second half. And they just really couldn't get back on track. They got outscored 17-7 only in the second half. But, you know, look, they got shut out in the fourth quarter. They did have two touchdowns that were called back. I get it. They were. It was frustrating for me. Were they touchdowns? I guess not in today's football. They're not. So, you know, it is what it is. I just hate that rule. I'm not just saying it tonight. Like, I've always hated this rule. I've been bitching about this rule uh, for a while. 
Um, and, you know, betting against Alabama, man, is it really is like betting against the Harlem Globetrotters. Paul Bovey, Covers.com, uh, with us. We're talking NFL uh, football right now. So one thing, Paul, about uh, Green Bay is what do you make of the offensive line issues that they have right now? As, um, yeah. you know, they look, they look like they're going to get healthier, uh, but they've got issues now. Bakhtiari is going to end up uh, being out. You know, is it the end of the world for them? No. Could hurt them moving forward. But any puncher's chance that the Rams hang around in this football game, in your opinion? No, because I just don't think uh, Jared Goff is the man you want to rely on here. Look, at four of the last five games, the guy had, what, 234, 137, 198, and 209 yards. And at some point, he's going to make a mistake. He's unreliable. The quarterback differential here is paramount. It's at least three points in the number. Green Bay is home. Eventually, they will pull away. I don't have faith in the Rams. And by the way, I don't think that the Rams did play the Saints. I don't know if you mentioned that. But all I know is in the last several weeks of the season, they were really unable to muster up much offense against very me against the jets you would call them a menial team and against menial competition maybe better than the jets but competition that wasn't very good to begin with they just don't have enough firepower here to keep up with green bay green bay will pull away this is a bargain number if you ask me uh, one thing I will say, this is a crazy storyline uh, as far as this game is concerned. Jared Valdir uh, is playing off, so an offensive lineman, he just played for the Indianapolis Colts against the Buffalo Bills. And now he's playing for the Green Bay Packers this week. He'll become the first player in NFL history to play for two, two different teams in the NFL playoffs. And I was wondering about this with Heineke, actually, because Heineke's a free agent. So I was thinking, well, if he's not under contract anymore, can he sign with someone? But no, you can't. You can't sign with someone. But the reason Valdir can is because he was on the practice roster. He was on the practice roster, and due to COVID issues, he was called onto the active roster to play in the game. <laughs> so therefore... He was able to sign the tweak in the rules, open the door for the Green Bay Packers to sign him who, who are in need of an offensive lineman. That's some crazy stuff, Paul, isn't it? Guy was in the playoffs on Sunday, with, on Saturday with the Colts. Now he's playing with the yeah. Packers uh, this week. It kind of reminds me of back in the day, there was uh, a couple instances of a player being traded in the middle of a double header and actually having to go <laughs> change dugout. Uh, it, it didn't happen a lot, but it was one of those fascinating situations of sports, and uh, I found this interesting. But with respect to Bakhtiari, remember, he was out for the Bears game. The Green Bay Packers had a curveball thrown at him, and they got through that Chicago game with a comfortable win, and Aaron Rodgers was only put down one time. So uh, now that they've had a couple weeks of practice here, I don't see a problem. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I understand uh, the Rams do have a pass rush, but Aaron Rodgers is also elusive and crafty, and that will be the difference here. Sports Rates Late Night. I am Gabriel Renzi, kicking it on Sirius XM Channel 204. Paul Bovey from Covers.com uh, with us, CoversExperts.com. Uh, so the, Bolt, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, they were getting two and a half. It went up to three. 
Then it came back down to two and a half, and then it's come down to one and a half right now. Current number, Buffalo Bills, minus one and a half. Total sits at 50 here, Paul. What's your opinion on this one? My opinion is Lamar Jackson uh, is going to take matters into his own hands. He ran the ball 16 times. I went over the 68. He went to 76. Comfortably over the number. Why will he be running the football? Because he doesn't have a lot of confidence in his ability to throw the football. He put up somewhat pedestrian numbers, as he often does, but because of his prowess in terms of running the football, he's going to have success. And as the Baltimore Ravens go, does Lamar Jackson go? In other words, if the Bills can shut him down, they'll have success. Uh, What concerns me about Buffalo is this. They've been weak against the tight ends. If you look at this game just on Sunday, Edmonds and Milano combined for 20 tackles. Now, uh, Phillip Rivers, 12 or 17 to the tight ends, three of them, including Jack Doyle. I believe he had seven catches. The prior game, Gesicki and Smythe combined for eight catches, and Noah Fant uh, for Denver, eight catches, New England really didn't have Izzo, I believe, available for the game, so they didn't have a tight end. But that's a concern because Baltimore does have a very strong tight end in Mark Andrews as well as another one. So they better do something to clamp down on that because we know Lamar Jackson doesn't really favor throwing the ball downfield, although Brown did have a good game on Sunday. But he's going to go the short underneath stuff and the Bills better lock these tight ends down. I was hoping as a Buffalo Bill fan to get the Pittsburgh Steelers in this matchup, but hey, it is what it is. The Steelers were the weakest team coming into the playoffs and now they're eliminated. Not an easy matchup uh, for Buffalo, but fascinating, isn't it, between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen? Both drafted in the, in, in the same draft in the first round. Josh Allen went before him, but both these guys have been criticized. Uh, both these guys can do big damage with their legs. Obviously, Josh Allen, a little bit more advanced passing uh, right now, but a fun matchup between two pretty evenly matched teams here. Well, I'd say a little bit. You'd say a little bit more advanced. I'd say a lot more advanced at this point. If <laughs> I was I, being nice. If I, I was being nice. Yeah. You were being very kind to Lamar Jackson. There's no use in pandering here, Gabe. This is uh, just let it all hang out. And I would say Josh Allen is a much more proficient, accurate passer at this point. If you're on a two-minute drive or a minute and a half to go with the game hanging in the balance, I think 10 out of 10 would say, give me Josh Allen. Uh, I think the Bills are going to score here. I think somehow the Bills will score 27 to 30 points, so it's going to be up to Baltimore to outscore them. Basically, Tennessee came apart. They had a 10-3 lead, three straight, uh, three and outs, and a punt, and that's what cost them the game. And let's face it, they also put the clamps on Derrick Henry. What did he have, 40 yards in, in 12 or 18 carries? They did a fantastic job, but they won't be able to lock down uh, the Buffalo Bills because the Bills are so versatile and they can do so much that they're just facing a different animal here. It's a good point, Paul, and I'm thinking the same thing as well. And I respect Baltimore a lot. I think they're a good football team. I like Harbaugh as a coach. 
Um, guys, they're 6-0 and straight up and against the spread of their last six football games. But at the same point in time, they played Tennessee twice and lost twice to, to these guys. So, you know, they, they this is the third time that they had played the Tennessee Titans in a span of 12 months. They knew the Titans, and they, they had been on the wrong side of it a couple of times. They played the Bills in the past, but this is a much more dynamic uh, Buffalo Bills team. And, you know, it's a different matchup. Every week is different. I think Baltimore had Tennessee circled and really were happy that they got Tennessee. This is a different matchup. They're going to have to put more points up on the board uh, in this football game. Buffalo's got to finish their drives, though, Paul. And, uh, you know, what do you make? Zach Moss is out. Not the end of the world, but nevertheless, it does hurt Buffalo. Uh, you know, now Devin Singletary's the man only. But, you know, Zach Moss, it was a nice, they had a nice complimentary thing going on here. Not an easy spot for the Buffalo Bills, but you could also argue, Paul, that the Bills aren't getting any respect here. As good as they are, um, you know, one and a half point home favorites only. Hey, hey Gabe, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't. I don't understand that number because basically you're saying that uh, Baltimore is better or the superior team on a neutral field. And I, yeah. I am in total disagreement with that. I think it should be uh, the Bills by three. So uh, you, you have value here on the money line. I, I may take uh, Buffalo. I, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with the game, but... I I like my chances with the Buffalo Bills. You're a Buffalo Bills game. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Late, late anger management class continues. Coming at you all day. Every day. With more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the source of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Late Night Anger Match class continues. I'm Renzi throwing it down. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Paul Bovey kicking with us. Covers.com, covers experts in the house. Alabama rolls this evening, but we're talking NFL uh, right now. All right, uh, that's driving me crazy. If we can, when we come back all the time, <laughs> can we please have uh, Paul's uh, level down until we bring him back up? Like, we'll bring him in back right now since uh, it's not going to happen. Paul Bovey joins us. What's up, Paul? <laughs> Gabe, I'm all good, baby. All right, let's not talk about that uh, Ohio State debacle, though. Let's hit these playoffs and let's make some moolah, okay? All right, yeah. Let's catch. Yeah, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. And I'm getting excited for the – listen, I'm fired up as a Bills fan. It's been a long time. I like seeing the fresh blood. We got Buffalo. We got Cleveland. I like nothing more than to see a Buffalo and uh, Cleveland – a Buffalo and Cleveland um, AFC Conference Championship game. But as we were saying, I do, like, seriously, Paul, like, you look at the Buffalo Bills and and you look at this point spread, I get it. You know, but, you know, Lamar Jackson, 
Lamar Jackson's a star and he's a he's a popular player, etc. But Lamar Jackson's won one playoff game in his career. The same as uh, Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills are a 13-3 football team, let's say 14-3 right now. They've scored over 500 points uh, this year. Um, you know, I get it. The Baltimore Ravens are good, but, you know, the Buffalo Bills are 8-1. We include the, the playoff game now 8-1 and one on this home field, and they're one-and-a-half-point favorites, Paul. It's just baffling to me. Well, I will say this. The Baltimore Ravens have gotten very healthy of late because they've been without players like Jihad Ward, Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Brandon Williams, and Calais Campbell over the last several, I'm going to call it seven weeks of the season. And these guys have been in and out of the lineup, and they're solid now on defense, which is going to help them out. But remember the last three teams they played during our regular season. They played Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and the New York Giants. So I think they're a little overhyped defensively off of this game against Tennessee, where they lost one of their receivers during the game. And once again, I think Buffalo has a little bit more potency at that skill position, and they're going to struggle with that. And they're going to struggle with a quarterback like Josh Allen, who they have not seen of, of late in terms of competency uh, at that position. So I'm looking for Buffalo to nail down 27 points here. It's going to be up to the defense as to what they can do with Lamar Jackson. You can't let this guy run wild. Make him throw the football and make him throw the fo- uh, ball to Sneed or Brown down the field. No, I couldn't agree more. And I would expect that Buffalo is going to be pretty aggressive early in this football game, guys, to try to take Baltimore out out of what they want to do, running the football, controlling the clock. I would expect Buffalo to be very aggressive early in this game. Total is 50 points. And I'm surprised that the Tennessee-Baltimore game wasn't higher scoring. I thought I thought it would get there, or at least get closer to there at least. It never even uh, threatened much lower scoring, but there should be points put up on the board Saturday night prime time. So the Cleveland Browns, there's been no movement here. It opened up at 10, and it's remained at 10 right now. The total is 56 in this game, Paul. Everything fell into place for the Browns. They got the early lead. Pittsburgh fell apart. They're, de- they're dealing with a different, um, you know, a different team now, obviously. How do you think they match up uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs? I think they match up great. And I think people are a little detached from reality here when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I did make a wager on this game. I played the uh, Browns team total over 22 and a half. Minus 16, and the venue where I played it moved it right up to 22.5, minus 26. Uh, Very favorable weather on Sunday in Kansas City. Of course, I checked. But if you look at this Chiefs team, uh, prior to the Charger game, I'm throwing that one out. Mahomes didn't play. They sat the starters. But they had wins of 2, 4, 3, 6, 6, 3, and 3 against the Panthers, Raiders, Bucks, Broncos, Dolphins, Saints, and Falcons. Now, Falcons only scored 14 points, but Ridley went off for 130 yards of receiving. Matt Ryan, 300 yards. They just couldn't crack the end zone. And the Saints, no Michael Thomas. Dolphins, no Parker. He went out early in the game with the injury. And the Broncos ran through him successfully. This team has struggled throughout. Patrick Mahomes, the last four games, his passer 
has been 100. I believe he's thrown eight touchdowns versus four picks. So we've definitely seen some chinks in the armor here with the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you look at the Browns, they have two running backs that have combined for 1,900 yards rushing. They got back a few players off of the COVID list, notably B.J. Goodson, who is a run stopper, Malcolm Smith. Hopefully they'll get back Ward at cornerback. He was out on uh, Sunday, I believe. But my opinion is that the Browns match up very well with the Chiefs. And if they play, I know it's a big caveat, but if they play mistake-free football, there's no reason to think that this one won't come down to the wire and that the Browns won't score in the high 20s and force the Chiefs to outscore them. And I'll tell you what, when you're getting 10 points, Paul, that back door is open, isn't it? You know what I mean? They're down by 14. They're down by 16 late. You know, the back door is open. You know, it's you look at Cleveland, guys, and each matchup is different. All right? So the Pittsburgh game got crazy, and it turned into a college football-style game. This is going to be a little bit different. And as Paul mentioned, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and look, look at last year in the playoffs. They found themselves in a hole basically in every playoff game that they were in. You look at this year. Um, their, their offense struggling in the red zone. They don't protect Mahomes as well as they used to. They can't stop the run suddenly again right now. You look at, you talk about it, Paul. Cleveland Browns, 148 uh, yards a game on the ground, third ranked. Kansas City Chiefs give up 122 on the ground. Cleveland could just come out and play smash mouth football here. And as you mentioned, they're getting healthier. Um, they're going to they're gonna be able to practice this week. They're going to have their head coach back as well. They're playing with house money. There's no pressure on them. They beat their rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Kansas City Chiefs are the ones that are Super Bowl favorites. There's no pressure on the Cleveland Browns right now. Now they got that uh, monkey off their back winning, the, uh, winning a playoff game. They did, Gabe. And, you know, you could look at two things. You look at performance on the field or you look at record. Now, squares always will look at the record. Kansas City was 14-1 and coming into that throwaway game against the Chargers. Or you could look at the performance, which, as I mentioned, those skinny wins against those very mediocre teams. Remember the Raiders had them by the throat on that Sunday night, let it slip through their fingers. Ironically, the best game they played during that stretch against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they had down 27-10 to before Tampa laid on a few touchdowns at the end, and Brady padded his statistics and make it, made it look good. But uh, they, they have not been good. They, and, and I'm not going to go into the game if I'm a Chiefs backer and say, gee, I hope they revert to form. That's never a good strategy when they haven't displayed it. So I'm a taker on the Browns at plus 10, definitely, and that team total. They're going to score points here. You know what's crazy, guys? This is one of these deals where at the end of the year, you look at numbers, you're like, man, I wish I would have realized that earlier. But as we're talking about with the Kansas City Chiefs right now, guys, the last time the Kansas City Chiefs won a football game by more than six points was November the 1st against the New York Jets, 35-9. to Like, seriously, they beat Carolina 33-31, Las Vegas 35-31, Tampa 27-24, Denver 22-16, Miami 33-27, New Orleans 32-29, Atlanta 17-14, and they lost to the Chargers. Um, Like, wow. You know, what what, what can you say? You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the numbers speak for themselves right there. Obviously, we saw Cleveland secondary get lit up. They will be healthier. Yet, I'm leading with Cleveland here as well, Paul. 
I, I really am. I like the points, and I think I think they'll have a different game plan this week. You know what I mean? Like, they'll shake things up. They'll run the ball more this week, try to keep Kansas City on the sidelines. Uh, should be an interesting uh, football game. But as we stated, guys, you look at KC, they just simply haven't blown anybody out. Going all the way back to November 1st, Paul, against the Jets. Nothing wrong with double digits uh, with the Cleveland Browns here. Take it. And we saw we saw underdogs cash some tickets uh, throughout the weekend. All right, so we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of the Buccaneers, they got it done. They got all they can handle, though. And it was a weird dynamic, wasn't it, Paul? Because there was so much talk about, well, Washington's defense will be able to do some things. What can they do offensively? But Heineke did a great job moving the sticks. And it was Washington's defense that just couldn't step up with a play. Well, Brady threw the ball 40 times and completed 22. So it it wasn't like Washington didn't do anything. They just had some breakdowns along the way. They put pressure on him. They had some great moments, but they had some bad ones. But Taylor Heineke may have just earned himself a Rob Johnson-like contract off that game. You remember that, uh, Gabe. You're a Buffalo Bills fan when they gave him $25 (laughs) off that. But I won't bring that up, Gabe. I don't want to ruin your night again. So, but anyway, you look at these Buccaneers. I'm not impressed. I, I think last week I came on and said that Washington was a great play. Uh, Tampa Bay, you, you look at their uh, last three games of the regular season. Yeah, they beat the Falcons twice. Brady lit it up against the Falcons and he lit it up against that depleted Detroit secondary, which I talked about on your show. And I went over the team total with the Bucks. But prior to that, look, they were outplayed by Minnesota. And they won the game thanks to Dan Bailey. They were held to uh, Brady was held to 216 yards versus the Rams against the Chiefs, 10 points, and they got those two late touchdowns. And Brady got 200 yards of his uh, passing numbers uh, of the 340. He got 200 yards late uh, when it was 27-10. The offense has not been pretty. The defense has definitely holes in the secondary. The one positive thing. They get back Devin White this week, who had 140 tackles during the regular season, nine sacks, six tackles for loss. But they may be without their other linebacker, Minter, who had 15 tackles the last two weeks. I am not impressed with these uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, And, look, I'm going to go against them. I, I, I just uh, – I'm, I'm not a Bucks supporter. I think Brady is a little bit overhyped here. I think their defense is weak. And I'm just going to be looking uh, to make money by going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this is a great spot. Uh, one other point I want to make. Yeah, it's tough to beat a team three times during the regular season. And I remember that narrative when the Giants were taking on the Redskins in 86 and had beat them twice during the regular season like uh, New Orleans has done. And guess what? The Giants shut them out 17 nothing. And when they beat him 38-3, Gabe, remember, the shutout was averted with five minutes to go when Tampa Bay uh, brought in the kicker, suck up to kick a field goal and make it 38-3 instead of a whitewash. I know. And, you know, they beat him in week one as, our, uh, as well. All right, we'll wrap up with Paul Bowie on the other side. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi kicking it down with one of our favorites in the late night hour series. XM 204 Paul Bovey covers.com on the covers experts uh, page uh, with us. I like Paul's positivity. We forget about the national championship game and move forward. Um, I just knew, though, after the first touchdown was called back, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. How is this screw job going to play out? And then the second one with Alave, Alave, touchdown! And then they go to a break. It's like, oh, I even tweeted, I said, oh, this is torture. I had the over 80 and a half, and I got an Alave TD prop here that I sort of gave up on, to be honest. And uh, we could have hit it late. But as far as the Saints, we're just wrapping up with Paul Bovey right now. As far as the Saints are concerned, you know, I'm not fully in love with them, but they do enough to win football games. And I like how they match up with Tampa as well. I'm not, I don't buy into Tampa. I think they're a fragile operation. And I give them credit. They won the football game. Washington was scrappy, but, you know, they had a quarterback off the street and limited talent to work with, and they gave them all that they could handle. As you mentioned, you know, the old cliche about beating a team three times in a row and all that, it doesn't always mean that the team that lost the first two times is going to lose the next time, you know, or, or will win the next time. Yeah, Tennessee did, you know, beat them two times and then lost. But I, I like New Orleans here as well, Paul. I feel the same way as you do. Yeah, well, I, 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 Gabe, I got a couple guys trashing me on your chat, man. Uh, uh, some oh, keyboard worry. words. But anyway, <laughs> I, I get a kick out of it. I get a it's kick out of it. But anyway, I, it's Monday I night agree. psycho night tonight. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. Normally they're kind to me. Hey, guys, take it easy on me, man. I'm very fragile. But anyway, oh, I, I, we gotta Gabe, go, I think. Okay, take care, Gabe. Thanks a lot, man. We love you, Paul. Don't worry, the, the, the trolls will die one day. <laughs> Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.